This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. According to the Word of God, it is a responsibility. It is a responsibility. The government doesn't have to tell you this. The church doesn't have to tell you this. But this should be automatic. According to the Word of God, it is a responsibility of children and grandchildren to show their devotion, to repay, to repay the, their widowed mother or grandmother. If someone, maybe your pastor, asked for a volunteer to care for an elderly widow, How many people do you think would raise their hand and make that commitment? Pastor Eddie shares today that first, it's the job of the family to care for them. But as the family of God, filled with God's compassion and love, we need to be willing to respond to that call. That willingness only comes from a heart that is humbly submitted to Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 as he continues his message, Treatment of the Elderly and Widows. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 and 50, it says, Jesus says, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and says, Here are my mother my, and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. These words came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Creator who created families from the very begin with, to begin with. And he created the family in the house of God. It is, we're binded together. We're related by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ is much greater than the blood of your relatives. You may have your family tree, you may have your genealogy, but it is the house of God, the family of God, that matters to God. And a matter of fact, Jesus carried that truth all the way to the cross. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, And there stood the only disciple, John, and Mary and the other Marys. And what did he say as he hung on the tree, about to give up his spirit? In John chapter 19, verses 26, 27, it says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And it says, And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. He cared for his mother. I have a question. Jesus had other half-brothers older than John. Why did not Jesus did not say, Hey, John, thank you. I appreciate you being my disciple. But, hey, Mom, can you, can, James, can you take him, Mom? Judah, can you take him, Mom? <laughs> Actually, he's Jude. His name is Judas, but the book of Jude, written by the half-brother of Jesus, is called Jude, so people won't confuse the word. Confuse him from Judas, but his real name is Judas. So you see, John was 18 years old at this time. He began to follow Jesus when he was about 15. 
So Jesus entrusted his mother, not to his brothers. Why? His brothers doubted him. At that time, they didn't believe. And so he trusts his mother to one who believes. So when it comes to the house of God, we sit here and we need to change our way of thinking here. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think the more we have that in our head and the more we love one another, the more we would truly care for one another and pray for one another and care, you know, look out for one another. Because that's the way God sees it. That's the way God sees it. Jesus said, they will know you, you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. Listen, saints, family, this is, this, this is important for the world to see that there's something real about Jesus and his blood and his sacrifice, that he, the sacrifice he made on the cross because that's what binds us together. People need to see that. The world needs to see it because it's a testimony. When they see we're caring for those that are older, when we, we care for one another because they're like brothers or sisters in Christ, it's a testimony, but ultimately it glorifies God. So that's verses 1 and 2. Paul addresses the issue of treating one another in the house of God. It, it, it's written to a leader, pastor, but it applies to every single one of us. Now, in verses 3 to 16, verses 3 to 16, 14 verses, it deals with the treatment of widows. The treatment of widows. He got to the point with the, the elderly and the brother and sister point, but now we're dealing now with the widows. And allow me to give you a little introduction. It's very important because in relation to the text before us. A widow, obviously, we know that is, is a woman whose husband has passed. She's now without a husband. A husband died. If her husband died, she had her children to care for her. In fact, in those days, in ancient time, it was Roman law. Rome has a law that that requires children to care and support for the aging parents. It was a law of Rome, and that was back then. Now, in the ancient time, the primary purpose for women to marry to marry was to produce children, heirs to, to carry the family line. Of course, to be a wife to her husband. However, if a woman was barren, had no children, a husband died, the issue made it worse for her. So she's a childless widow, especially who is especially vulnerable, will endure double hardship with no husband to protect and provide for her. With no son to carry on the family name, with no children to care for her. Unlike today, there is insurance, there's government help, there's health aids, there's assisted living, nursing, all kinds of problems that are available to the elderly today. And yet, even with that, there are elderly people who are left alone, uncared for, vulnerable, taken advantage of. We need to pray for them, be mindful of them. There was nothing for them in, in, in Paul's day, no insurance, no medical health, no government assistance. Widows in those days were very lonely, looked down upon, vulnerable, taken advantage of. Now, the Bible has a lot. Listen, the Bible has a lot to say about widows, all the way from Exodus in the Old Testament to the New Testament in the book of James. And that's because God loves 
cares and is mindful of widows. And so should the church, so should you and I, believers in Jesus Christ, we must care for widows. In fact, God gave a commandment regarding widows in Exodus chapter 22, verse 22. The Lord said, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. God identifies himself as a champion of widows in Psalm 68, verse 5. It's I, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows. He pronounced judgment for those who rob and exploit widows. In Isaiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, woe to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortunes which they have prescribed to rob rob the needy of justice and to take what is right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey and that they may rob the fatherless. What will you do in the day of punishment? Great punishment. We look at the day of judgment, it's going to include those who took advantage of widows. And Malachi chapter 3, verse 5 and I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift, a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wages, earnings, and widows and orphans. That's the Old Testament. Praise the Lord, the early church, we find in the book of Acts, you know, put this quickly into practice in caring for widows. There was an issue, if you recall. Hence, that's what started the call for deacons. James writes in James chapter 1, verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So visit. You don't have someone to take care of? Visit. I praise God for those who have a ministry are mindful for them, those in a nursing home. And finally, Paul here writes in the, his, his first epistle to Timothy, which brings us to our next section, and is the treatment of widows, and that's in verses 3 to 16. The first, in verse 3, he begins with the word honor. The word honor in the Greek is tamayo, and it means to value, to respect. What kind of widow is Paul talking about here? He tells us, he says, verse 3, verse 3, honor widows who are really widows. Don't know what's, one is not a widow. By definition, a widow is one who lost her husband. But drop down to verse 5. He says, now she who's really a widow and left alone Drop down to verse 16. And says, if any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them and do not let the church be a burden that they may relieve those who are really widows. Because even though a widow may have lost a husband, some may have children or great grand or grandchildren, great grandchildren to care for them. Or they might be well off. They may have enough funds to care for themselves until they pass. But Paul goes on to tell us the difference between a widow and a real widow. Let's look at verse 4. He says, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety or reverence or godliness or devotion. Let them first show piety at home and to repay their parents. And all you elderly people say amen. Amen. 
That's right. According to the word of God, it is a responsibility. It is a responsibility. The government doesn't have to tell you this. The church doesn't have to tell you this. But this should be automatic. According to the word of God, it is a responsibility of children and grandchildren to show their devotion, to repay, to repay the, their widowed mother or grandmother. You know, you think about a mother carrying child for nine months, suffer in labor, suffer labor pains, giving birth to the child, nursing the child, feeding the child, changing the child, clothing the child, protecting the child, watching the child, staying up late when the child is sick, all the way up to there on their own. Of course, the father chips in every now and then, right? <laughs> Nowadays, there are men who are in their 30s still living with mommy, unless you care for your mother. The old saying goes, one mother can care for one or two or three children, yet one cannot care for one older mother. Is the truth. In the house of God, it should not be so. It should be that we take care of those who are older because it's biblical, it's right. God has been a champion for widows from the very beginning, and he expects those who are his people to do the same. Bible calls for children and grandchildren to care for their widowed mother and grandmother. Why? Why should they care for the world? Number one, because the Bible, the word of God tells us to. Number three, it is the right thing to do. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't exist. Or if it wasn't for God. <laughs> but they gave birth to you, or they gave birth to your mother or father. Why can't we show that respect for those who are older and thirdly, let's look at verse four. At the end of verse four, it says, "But it is good and acceptable before God." That's the important thing, right there. It is good and acceptable before God. You want to glorify God, honor God, care for the widows, mother, grandmother. If you want to stand before God acceptable, then be obedient to the Word. First, learn to show piety at home to care for your parents. Verse five. Now, Paul turns to the real widow, the, the widow who has no children to care for her, no family, probably was barren or probably lost their child, probably had a miscarriage, we don't know. Whatever the case may be, a real widow is one who doesn't have any children, anyone to care for them. So he encouraged them. Look at verse 5. He says to them, Now she who's really a widow and left alone, trust in God. Trust in God. May you be listening on Facebook, may you be listening in the radio, you may be uh, in the foyer, or you may get to this point, or you, you, you feel you might get to this point. Trust in God. If you know a widow who's alone, encourage them to trust in God. You have no family, you're alone, you have no help, you have no support. Listen to what the Word of God says here in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 5, trust in God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Psalms 9, chapter 9, verse 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God has never turned anybody away for salvation nor will he turn away his children. Especially those in need, widows and orphans. Psalms 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. And 
I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. So he says to those who are alone, verse 5, Now she who is really a widow and left alone, trust in God, and continue in supplications and prayers night and day. Continue to pray in supplication. Pray to the Lord. Pray for God's will to supply you, because he will supply all your needs. He will. He didn't say, maybe, I'm going to think about it, wait for it. I will supply all your needs. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul writes this, and my, and my God shall supply some of your needs? No. All your needs according to what? According to his riches and glory. How rich is God? <laughs> There's no number. It's impossible. The universe cannot contain his riches. We're asking a God that's able and has more than enough to give you all your needs. Not your wants. We have a lot of wants. God is not Amazon. We have a lot of wants. But all your needs, if you're needed, he's going to give it to you. He will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. But as a matter of fact, this is what Jesus said. In regards to your needs, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, he says, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Before you ask. And so he's encouraging them, hey, continue in prayer night and day. No, pray without ceasing. Now, to the widow who lives an ungodly life, in verse 6, he says, But she, but she, who lives in pleasure, is dead while she lives. In other words, she lives in self-indulgences. If she lives in, in just pleasing herself, pleasing the flesh, in other words, she's spiritually dead. Verse 7, And these things command that they, referring to those who are really widows, may be blameless. To those who really will, follow the command in verse 5. Trust in God. Pray without ceasing. Supplication. Pray night and day. Pray all the time. And God will be there for you. Now in verse 8, Paul addresses the family who has widows. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and here it is, this is sad, and is worse than an unbeliever. You have widows in your family, mother, grandmothers, great-grand. You don't care. According to the Bible, you're worse than an unbeliever. Because you see, the pagans in those days, believed that they believed that it's important to care for their mother, your widows. It was important in ancient culture with pagans. In fact, again, like I mentioned, it was Roman law required children to care for their aging parents. It was a requirement by law. Rome has this law. The pagans, atheists, unbelievers know that it's the right thing to do to care for the widows. And a believer in Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. (laughs) And you don't care for your widows? It's expected of us. If one does not provide for his or her own according to the word of God, though you're a Christian, you have denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. That is some heavy words. And we need to examine if you have any of those members in your family or if you have a widow in your family, to be mindful of that. We already saw that the responsibility of the widows for the children, grandchildren. Next in verses 9 and 10, Paul will give young Pastor Timothy, pastors and elders, the requirements of helping a real widow, those who are truly widows. So the church has a requirement. The church has a requirement 
And he's going to give us these requirements here. Requirement, requirement number one, verse nine, he says, do not let a widow under 60 years of old be taken in the number. So widows who are under the age of 60 years old, the Bible considers you young. I should get an amen on that one. They're not to be taken in, in, in the number. In other words, they're not to be on the church list for support. Drop down to verse 11. It says, but refuse the younger widows. That's what it says here. So widows under 60 years of age uh, are considered young. And you're over 60. Guess what? You get church benefits. (laughs) Hey, don't look. Don't kill the messenger. You're reading it with me. Requirement number one. Do not let the widow under 60 years, 60 years old be taken in. The number, requirement number two, and not unless she has been the wife of one man. In other words, and we've been through this, the requirements for a deacon, a bishop, uh, is to have to, the, the, to be the husband of one wife. In other words, to be you know, the same for the, for the woman. And she's to have one husband. That's not to say that if she was divorced and she has another husband, that's not what it's referring to here. And those a lot of people are legalistic would like to throw that and insert that here. That's not what it's talking about. Uh, we'll see that uh, when we get to verse 14. He's going to encourage the younger widows to get married, to, to remarry. But notice she was faithful to her husband. You know, so if she's under 60... And, you know, she's not to be added to the list. And she has to be the, the, the wife of one man. Verse, the third requirement in chapter 10, in verse 10, third requirement in verse 10, well reported for good works. Well reported for good works. She should be known for good works. It's not the works for salvation, but it is the work because of salvation. It's the evidence of salvation. She's showing a testimony that she is a believer by what she does. And the third requirement, Paul gives us uh, five, he lists five things that would show evidence that she is a believer. She's not one just coming out from outside and just want to, you know, get a handout from the church. And we get a lot of that. We get a lot of people call the church, hey, I'm in a hotel, I need money, I need this and that, and you know, what are we going to do? Hey, can you show proof? Let me see your bank account. Most of the times, you know, it's just, this is a habit that they have. They go around churches and with the hopes that the church would give them money. But we like to lean on the side of grace. We don't give money, we give gift cards to the supermarket. If they're real need, we will support and you know pay for their uh, food not for their habits you've been listening to running the race with pastor eddie we've been looking at some useful and practical advice that the apostle paul wrote to timothy this book jumps into what it looks like to be a leader in the church paul also doesn't shy away from encouraging those who are young to run with zeal and not grow discouraged. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If you're facing opposition because of your age, be reminded that Timothy faced similar struggles, and God used him mightily. 
just like he can use you too. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition in the book of 1 Timothy on Running the Race.